Field Report, Date Unknown, Adjunct Professor Jean Archibus. Our hosts continue to treat us well, but we are facing dissension from within our own expeditionary ranks. We face daily pressure to partake in the strange rituals of the native people of Semel Atsum, but we, as proper academics, must resist the temptation. Already, Miss Brightblade has taken the distasteful step of donning one of their primitive masks, a drab half-mask which leaves her mouth and jaw bare. She looks ridiculous, but appears unharmed. I've lodged a protest with Administrator Litchfield, and he says it's out of his hand. He assures me that he advised against the action. This has provided us with a unique opportunity to observe the integration of an outsider via the employment of ritual implements, in this case the mask. Miss Brightblade's mask is of a bear, apparently. The locals call it Medved. She is now treated like all of the other bear cast members. She takes part equally in two municipal tasks, military guarding and, oddly, fishing. It's strange to see these two roles mixed, but perhaps the lessons of martial training can be applied to spear fishing. Needs more research. Two other upper classes, Zmija and Vuk, have not offered masks to us. The Zmija, or Snake, are advisors and alchemists, as well as our translators, and the Vuk, or Wolf class, dedicate themselves to leadership and foraging. I've been offered the masks of neither of these classes. The people here simply lack the intellectual capacity to understand my important role in our expedition and greater society. Good day, my transdimensional friends. Thank you for joining us at the Crooked Thimble. We've got some chestnuts roasting on an open fire, we've ejected that loud guy who can't handle his liquor, and our innkeep is no longer leering at the squirrels. Have yourself a drink before it really gets crazy in here. Packing for our move is going well, and we think we've got a setup which will keep our episodes coming even as we flee the nation we have long called home. Pastrick is unaware that he'd have been living in Sweden for more than a year before this episode aired, so let's forgive him. For lying, moving is hard. Moving across an ocean is harder. Our heroes share camp with the Steel Kings. They've agreed to rescue Princeling and Flux, but they need a little something to spice up their arsenal first. They need a place of power, and they must choose between two different iron wells, one deep within the Golden Wood, and one within the Green Wood, which will take them further from their goal. We rejoin them as they discuss their options. Let's listen in, but... Be quiet. We don't want to startle them. What's the name of the character who is my hireling who was acting suspiciously? Anton. 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 Anton is your hireling. Yes. How has he been responding to the whole, like, situation in general? Like, specifically, the wood and the simulatum information. It's hard to judge. With all of these people around, his defenses are definitely up as far as letting his... Like, he was very honest with you. Out, uh, honest as... You know, he let his guard down in the woods, and he let his guard down when he was around the campfire. And you got this hint that he was suspicious, let's say. More familiar than he should be. He's being very careful right now. And it's really difficult to get a read on him. If you wanted to get a read on him, you would need to do a Defy Danger Cha to try to get him to open up. 
And you would need to take some action to justify that. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, with so many people around, he's well, honestly looking for danger. Like, And that's what he's genuinely putting all of his energy to. Well, I specifically was thinking that I have had a significant amount of time to observe him in a wide variety of situations mm-hmm. since I realized that he was over the week. Like, ah, uh, give me a roll plus whiz. Give me a roll plus whiz, and this is a this is a, a discern realities. That's a twelve. Hey, twelve's good. Hey, you've got a really high whiz, by the way. Yes, I have been investing in that. Okay, so specifically thinking about Anton, what should I be on the lookout for? I should be generous. <laughs> Anton has been looking for he's been looking person to person as he meets these people and he's been looking into the woods for people your growing assumption is that he is expecting to be contacted in some form or fashion he is awaiting a message he he looks around when he scouts around uh he is definitely looking for not just trail signs, but somebody to have carved something on wood or to to have left a message. Uh, and it's the subtlest, weirdest thing to have noticed. But as, as you've just been noticing that he isn't looking at the plants, he isn't looking for the monsters. He's looking for something to tell him what to do. Okay, um, who's really in control here? Not Anton. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of figured that was all I was going to get from that. Yeah, you don't have enough. You don't... Yeah, there's not enough to tell you who it is that he's answering to, though you can draw a lot of probably uh, problematic conclusions. Yeah. Do I think it's Gene Archibus? You sure as hell don't think it's Gene Archibus. Okay. He seems to give zero fucks about Gene Archibus, but he does care about the throne and the bed. Okay, that is that is useful. Uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? So, like, his role is protector. He was hired to make certain that you guys stay safe. Right. And he's always been good at keeping a lookout. But he's become, over these last three days, since the, since the fight at Sapstring Ridge, he has become more sort of jumpy and agitated, almost. Um, he's more friendly with you as he's trying to sort of build up a relationship with you, but he's he's expected that message, whatever that message is supposed to be, and having not get, gotten it is keeping him, driving him up the walls. So what's useful and valuable to you, that's what you asked, right? Right. Is that he is vulnerable uh, when he's looking for these things, or possibly even if that message does come, you're going to have an opportunity to act. Uh, essentially, when he comes in contact with whatever mysterious force it is that is helping to direct him, you're going to get a plus one forward to whatever your next action is regarding Anton. Okay. And remember, you always have a plus one forward when acting on any of these answers. Which right. sort of means that you can kind of have a trio of plus one forwards against Anton when the time comes. So much against Anton. It's da- right. It's, I mean, it's... they could be for charisma rolls. They could. That <laughs> they would could. be very useful, given my charisma. <laughs> they could also be be fuck up his life with arrows rolls. It's true. This is a thing that I am much better at than charisma. 
Can I can I charisma him with arrows? Uh, no, that's not how anything works. So, like, if during this week Kaya has ever mentioned having an odd wondering what's up with Anton, I mean, Reed's guess is that he's that he's done sap running work. Like, that's not impossible. That's that's her guess because that's where she comes from. She's got a one track mind. Like, it's just making shit up. I haven't I haven't rolled anything. I don't know shit. It's true, but actually, no, that is that is true. Like, that's something you, you in character know, is that somebody being mysteriously familiar with the woods is actually a sort of a telltale sign of either reformed or secret saprunner. Yeah. It's, okay, I then. mean, most of the people who go into the woods are. That are your order of wood. Yeah. You can be buddies. Yeah. Yay. He and Tristran have shared and compared small fragments of sap. You're all barbarians. As both of them are both still doing it, but are doing it in very low doses. Yeah. Because they are both addicts, probably. Well, okay, Tristan <laughs> definitely is. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. That is useful. That is that is interesting and useful. But we were, we were pondering which well to go to, and Kaya votes green. That's probably wise. It's the one that... Yeah. It's the well we're going to have the most sympathetic links to. Isold, do you have an, an opinion on which well to go to? Well, I'm thinking the gold one will give us a better insight into Semilatum itself, but, you know, I don't actually know that much about how these these wells really work. Hardly anyone does. So, the green one might be just as good. If, if, if that's a non-vote, the green one is nearby and is safer to get to, since you guys have indicated that you passed it. Let's go back to that one. On this, uh, this trip, um, Carver is talking. Do you, uh, want an escort? I mean, I'm not opposed to friends. I like friends. Let yeah. me send, uh, let me see who's, uh, what's another good name that I can take from this list of names I made for all of them? Insolence. He snaps his fingers, and Insolence, who was the javeliner from earlier that you met, I'd like you to go with him. Lend your support if you can, mostly. If they get in trouble, you're the fastest runner we got. Come back, get us as quick as you can. Hmm. Fair. That's, uh, that's all I want to spare. Knowing that there's, that it's possible to get someone back from this. We're gonna see if we can figure out a way into the city that will give us enough penetration to get back our, our kin. <laughs> Please let us know before you make such a move. We may want to join you in this idea. Or yeah. or go first, since they don't know our faces yet. I mean, we could try to make our own little masks and pretend like we're one of them. Disguises. You would need new clothes. Yeah. Mm. That fabric they wear, I... Okay, this is gonna sound crazy. I think... I think it's like silk. But I think it's silk... From the sap spiders. No way. Oh, I need Ooh. some of that. Yeah, it looks comfy as hell. But, you know, they're gonna brainwash you and maybe force you into slavery forever. Eh, so That's not that different from the university. <laughs> I'm gonna take my chances on run-of-the-mill silk. Alright, you guys get going. We're gonna go. We're gonna start heading back towards the pass. We'll camp just on the other side of it. We're gonna wait there two days tops. We don't see you in two days. We don't see you. Seems. I mean, I don't know how long this shit takes. 
it's a reasonable distance. If you were to beeline it for the uh, the well that you saw, you would get there like late tonight and be able to investigate it in the morning. Hmm. Uh, it's only half a day's journey away, but that's only because you've kind of meandered in sort of a weird path. All right. If we if we need to be booking it a little bit better, Reed is gonna is gonna stop dosing because it has been making her feel slow and lazy, which is not. She does normal sap. Is it an upper or a downer? I can't remember. Uh, we've described it as sort of a heroinish high, so it would technically be a downer. Yeah. But it's got some. It has certain stimulant effects, but normally in the short term. Yeah. So essentially, you get the downers after having gotten the upper. Uh. Which is part of why it's dangerous, because that's why people will chain it. Yeah. Just, like, take it over and over again. Yeah, and that's not good. Yeah, it's super bad. It's, that's how you die. It is specifically how you die. <sighs> One second, I'm going to take a note. Uh-oh. All right, so we should make our way to the green well. Do-do-do. Yay! So you do so. You make your way down to it, and you know where it is. You know it's inside of the, the sort of root systems of the of the trees of the green wood. Um, you know that the ground, as you have dealt with it, is essentially a layer of ground above the ground. That like, beneath you- the f- like the floor of the arena in Harris Reka, except roots instead of creepy worm tubes. Actually, very much like that. Uh, also, if you're familiar with um, Nazca of the Valley of the Wind, it's the forest underneath the forest. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. So you're able to to sort of work out a way to penetrate down there. Uh, you find a breach and you're able to... to you've got some rope or insolence has brought some rope um, that you can use to sort of repel down into the cavern below. Um, it's not anime deep, so it's not as deep as the... Uh, the the one from Nausicaa, <laughs> but rather it's 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 a good fifteen feet before you reach real ground. And when you get down there, does anybody like have a light? Does anybody have torches on this trip? Light spell. Oh hey, yeah, that's good. I'll save my adventuring gear for other things. Light spell. Give me a roll plus end. Okay. Yeah, you both have that as a rote or whatever the other term is. So plus three. How how did that go, Professor? I got a ten total. And I got a nine. Uh if you got a nine, are you going to uh take minus one forward to all lose the spell or uh put yourself in danger? I think Kaya, you you actually got higher than nine. Uh do do you use int to cast a spell like I do? She uses whiz. Oh, oh I use whiz. Yeah. Oh, then I then I didn't get a nine. I got a um twelve. Great. Excellent. Both of you are able to do this without any trouble. Now, I remember, I, I'm familiar with the phosphorescent sort of powder thing that uh, Isold does. Yep. Have you cast the light spell before, Kaya? Um, yes, I have. And what happens is that the, um, the pipes themselves glow at my will, and I can then kind of confer the essence of the glow onto an object. Oh, is that right? Do you, like, release a spit valve, and now this, like, glowing stuff is on something else? I think it was more gaseous, but yeah. Maybe that's right. Yeah, okay. I I, I did it when we were in the depths of that, um, that in the well underneath oh, that's the city. Right. That's so, right. So, um, 
and Harris Rega. So I don't recall exactly how it worked, but it was some. I put it on some rocks before, and so oh, that's right. I will put it on again a rock and something you know something small that I can lift. Yeah, that's easy enough. You've got like a skipping stone that you found down here that is like perfect. Do you put it on any particular object, uh, Izzle? Well, I just put it on my staff. Okay. Your your partially broken staff. Yeah. Because remember, it blew up at one point. It did blow up, but it's still a walking stick. <laughs> it's still it's still a walking stick, It's and it still functions as a staff, mechanically. It's just a little shorter than it used to be. A little singed. A little After little it singed. blows up again, I'm going to make it into nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, the well, actually... Is so so you're used to iron wells, sort of like the sort of normal way that you encounter them is that there's an opening at ground level, then normally sort of a small cavern pocket surrounding what is the proper well, and in that cavern pocket is where you'll find one to like at max three iron immortals, sort of nearby, arranged in some fashion. At Foulfollow Glade, remember that you encountered. What seemed to be the space for nine, and then only eight actually in evidence, um, iron immortals. An enormous, preposterous number. Three times what is normal, and like, five is the max that had been encountered beyond that. Down here, inside of this well, which appears to be at ground level, um, just at real ground level, there are two of these blank statues standing in sort of mute protection of the well. The well has a small number of glowworms. Um they've they've made their their nests, uh their what do you call those? Their their tubes run along the the canopy above you, the the root canopy. And it looks like there's only a small family of maybe two or three fully grown ones here at this well. And they're just dipping their uh, they're horrifying strands of glowing goop. Yeah, those horrifying strands of glowing goop are just sort of dipping down from time to time and not getting all that much out. But something of note is that is every tree around you runs this thin little root, like a special root, seemingly. It looks like it's a little softer and it's a little bit more porous. That runs along the along the canopy, it's down to the ground, and then runs and hooks down into the iron water. This special route goes down into the iron water. Every tree around. The the worms aren't growing particularly brightly. It's part of why you actually still need uh the light from your from your light spells. Uh the important thing is is that probably every tree for miles around is sending these thin little roots straight to the iron water. And they run along the edge of the well, and they go deep. You have no idea how deep. Hmm. I'm just going to click this. Yep, yeah, those things. Yep. Yeah, so I linked an image of what uh, real-life glowworm strands look like in uh, the Iron Immortals play chat. Uh, these would, the ones in this cave would be like that, but way bigger, because the worms are like the size of small dogs. Yep. That's right. By small dogs, I mean like a lab. Oh. These, these worms are about the size of a Labrador. Shit, I thought they were... Okay, that's big. <laughs> yeah, not chihuahuas. These are Labrador-sized worms. I mean, I thought they were no more than 
twice Scrabbles, so I was under I was underestimating. They bigger. They they bigger. Okay. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there weren't any in the other well. That's correct. There weren't any in the other well. That's Fallfallow Glade was devoid of glowworms. That's Fallfallow Glade was weird. We should go back there sometime. Yeah, should totes go back there sometime? Sure. You left the heart behind. Isold is totally, totally um, brushing off on you there, Reed. Oh, that was. <laughs> sorry, that was. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? She's been high. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So you're down here now. This space is rife with unusual uh, flora. Alchemical flora just seems to be sort of sprouting all around. There are weird toads down here that you, Isold, are familiar with that they can exude a special toxin on their surface um, that is an alchemical ingredient in and of itself. Awesome. Weird toads. I'm going to catch some. Uh, yeah, uh, give me a roll plus dex to try to catch a weird toad. Well, I mean, depends on h- how are you going to go about catching that toad. I mean, I got gloves, I got collection jars, got collection jars. This isn't my first rodeo. My first. This isn't your first rodeo, but it still requires catching a thing. <laughs> this is toad rodeo. Toadio. It's called a toadio. Toadio. Oh, oh! It's and a- now we have an episode title. It's called a Todio. It's called a Todio, and that's a that's a five. Yeah, Aww. that's a five. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Did anybody want to help him with this Todio? Oh God, Reed helping I- is just a plus one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck. So, I'm gonna mark no. XP. Yeah, you but, can mark XP. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it's your it, narratively it your speaking. F- Reed totally would have helped, so she'd be in trouble too. Give me a roll plus bond read to see how much trouble you're see in. See how much trouble? Alright, let's find out. Uh, my bond with Isold is two. So that's going to be kind of like rolling dex, even though it's not dex. Uh, that's bad. That's a lot of trouble. That's a six. God, okay. Mark XP. <laughs> great, great, guys. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> fucking job. Kaya is like, you guys are really silly. Why are you chasing after wildlife? Because it's uh, fun. Kaya, Kaya, I'll actually note that that your your disdain for this procedure is not shared by uh oh god, Angus. And oh, well, uh, you yeah. actually find yourself having to like cajole Angus from taking part. Oh Angus, <laughs> Angus, it's a slimy, nasty toad. Here, here, have 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 some food. So, Reed, Isold, (laughs) uh, you make the unfortunate discovery that while this is definitely a relative of the frog, the toad that you're quite familiar with, this is also a breed of toad inside of this forest that is able to spray poison or maybe blood from its eyes. (laughs) Oh, Christ. (laughs) And you both get sprayed by this Uh, stuff. Uh, Each of you... Uh, Isold, because this is your fault, give me a 1d6. <laughs> Fair. That's a 1. Uh, you both take 1 piercing damage, so sorry to your armor, Aww. it didn't do you any good. And, uh, this, Ow. like, it, it sprays you just sort of, like, both of you, it clearly was aiming for your face, for your eyes, when it did this thing. And it gets you instead on, like, your chin and your lower mouth. Uh, uh. It doesn't get into your mouth. That would be a higher roll. 
but you, this scorches your skin. It feels terribly uncomfortable. Um, and you can tell that like, you're going to get like, you can feel the skin swelling and irritation from this stuff. So the, the toads have eluded you and given a few licks in. Licks. Kaya would like to note that the toads were aiming. Yeah, the toads were aiming, but that's, like, that's normal-ish. For this forest? Yeah. It's also, like, you know, the poison dart frog or whatever it is that really does that, does aim for eyes. What is it? God, nature is horrible. (laughs) Nature's awful and eyes are easy to spot. Creative. Nature is creative, and that should scare you. Especially if you live in Australia. (laughs) Yeah. Texas is the Australia of America, but Australia is the Australia of the world. Hmm. Australia is where God was like, oh, I don't really like people. Let's play with the animals. And the bugs. Ah, big bugs. Anyway. So here you are to do sort of your business. You wanted, uh, it, it sounded like you wanted to either contact the forest itself, or you wanted to do some sort of great working to the masks that you have. What is it that you guys would like to do? That potential exists. There is enough alchemical stuff to get up to things. There are also two seemingly inert iron immortals here. Now that we're done playing with frogs, uh, I, while Isold and Kaya are figuring out what alchemy crazy they're going to get up to, Reed is probably going to poke around the... uh the Iron Immortals and kind of look around and get the lay of the cave just in case shit goes real bad. Give me a roll plus whiz to get your lay of the cave. Let's hope this one goes better. That is an 11. Cool. 11's great. You get three questions. Oh, let's see. Since I get three, I'm going to ask my favorite one. Uh, What here is not what it appears... What, not what it seems? Which which way is that worded? You know what I mean. What here is not what it appears to be. Yeah. So, it, so those of you who pay attention to actual trees and real plants would know that there shouldn't be anything growing down here at all because no light gets through. But stuff appears to be growing in the light of these, the subtle light of these glowworms with the same ease as it does the light of the sun. Oh. And one of the things that is down here is that one of these tree roots that you you kind of follow as you're following all of this, like, vast... It's almost like watching, like, the network room of, like, an internet company. Like, there are just cables and cables running into the iron well. Uh, one of these runs not to the base of some giant distant tree, but to a sapling who is just fucking watching. Oh, It's fully grown. It barely fits down here. It's like 20 feet from the edge of the well. Uh, Carved into its front is uh, the the curvy structure of a woman who is gripping her face. And uh, it's not paying you any mind. But it's there and it's like moving like like an animal does. It's almost like it's breathing. That'll be something to keep an eye on. Yep, it's just there, hanging out. Cool. What here is useful or valuable to me? Um, you just fucking, like, step on a toad, and now you've got a stunned toad, and you just pick it up, and you're like, ah! Sweet. 
that's what's useful or valuable to you. You've got a toad. Hey, that's great. Um, Congrats. This is the most let it die moment of the whole podcast. Oh, God, you have been enjoying that game. Um, Next, I'm going to eat some mushrooms. Um, I mean, if you want. Did someone say mushrooms? I think I am going to use my special move to add that extra question. What here is weak or vulnerable? Other than us, obviously. Okay, Jesus, like, answer is you guys. I mean, that's the, that's sort of the bad news, is this space is not full of... There's, there's no quick out. There's no quick out. Like, the exit that you guys made by having that rope there is what's there. That sapling is healthy and full of vigor. There is... Mm. The strange thing about this space is that, yes, those... Those roots are essentially what's weak and vulnerable to you. Uh, the ones that are going to the iron wells, they're more porous. They appear to be softer than normal tree roots. They're definitely not as thick as the roots that are sort of forming this cave. But at the same time, the consequence for cutting one of those is probably dire. Yeah. Your own suspicions about sort of the networked nature of the forests is that cutting that would probably mean that this entire cave would eat you. Yeah, that yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. Before we get started doing anything, I mm-hmm. am going to use a, a spell that I haven't got a chance to use before. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to cast Sanctuary. Ooh. Uh, that's that's you're gonna like line circle an area, and it's going to alert you if anything breaches it. Is that correct? Um, uh, axe with malice. Specific. Acts with malice. Yes. It includes entering with malice, but also anything already in the area. In in the circle, acts with malice. Uh, give me a roll plus whiz. Watching intently. That is a ten. Ooh. How does she do it? So, the what this looks like is... Yes, I, I, I anticipated that you might. Um, as I pull out my little flute and walk around circle, blowing on it. Kind of, there's there's definitely a tune in there. It's not one you recognize or even would call necessarily exactly music. It's just what feels right at the time. And in my footsteps as I walk, for a moment, it glows behind me and then is gone. And I walk the whole perimeter of the cave. Important question. Do you, because... Reed has indicated yeah, the presence. Yeah, I would point out the presence of the sapling. Of the sapling. Oh yes, the sa- if it is if it is possible to walk uh, when when I get cl- as cl- I, I want to skirt outside the sapling as much as possible. Um, do you want to include the sapling in the circle? Yes, I do. Uh, when I get, you absolutely can. Yes, when I get close to the sapling. That's cl- I, I, I'm not going to attempt to get close to the sapling, but, you know, when I get close to the sapling, I will stop moment, just for a moment and <coughs> and, and do an, a small offering of goo, just kind of regarding the sapling and then continue on my Oh way. my god, give me a Defy Danger whiz real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven. That's good. Yes. Okay, so where is your injury precisely? It's on your arm, right? Yes. So you reach out to make that offering. You've got like your, however the fuck you're collecting this stuff. It's basically, I'm, I'm 
I've got it wrapped in something porous, and I'm squeezing it out of that. So you <laughs> do that, and the sapling, like, turns to, like, face you. And for, like, the briefest moment, you feel a flash of desire to, like, you see the, the center line. Uh, if you remember how saplings are, are built, mm-hmm. the root systems sort of form into crab legs and crab claws. And the trunk of this tree, this, you know, like, oak-sized tree almost, the front of it has a carving of a human being. This is, in this specific case, a curvy woman. And in the middle of that is always this dividing line to form a mouth, and they'll open up and have a frog-like tongue on the inside of it. You're familiar with saplings, you've worked with the Order of Wood. Mm -hmm. These are the the things of nightmares. You you reach out to make that, that offering, and the, the mouth begins to open, and you feel a compulsion to just walk into it. And you resist. Thank goodness. But you know that that sapling thought you were just going to step in. And when you don't, its mouth closes, and it and it turns, not like shunningly, but to sort of returning to its vigil. Okay. My experiences with saplings have been varied. I don't it's want true. this one upset at me. I would like it to think I am its friend, especially if we end up doing the thing I suggested and invoking the wood. Uh, it it definitely considered seems to be thinking you of, a, of you as a friend, but a friend that might jump into its mouth willingly. That is not what will happen. At least not you know <laughs> willingly. Willingly. That's not the basis for a healthy friendship. Just pointing out. You have this definite feeling that that willingly kind of was there at the edge of your consciousness. Uh that's that's problematic. So Kaya, you complete your sanctuary spell, and. It works. Now, I will actually say, uh, Isold, you said that you watched her intently? Yes. Uh, give me a spell lore, because you are clearly trying to figure out what the fuck it is she's doing. Spouting lore, spouting lore. Well, that's a nine. Oh. Yeah. Nine's good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, when you consult your accumulated knowledge about something, roll plus int. On a 10 plus, uh, the GM will tell you something interesting and useful about the subject relevant to your situation. On a 7 through 9, the GM will only tell you something interesting. It's up to you to make it useful. Oh, okay. Uh, the GM might ask you, how do you know this? But, uh, you're, you're observing something and you're consulting sort of something that you already know. A lot has been discussed in the alchemy circles, about how the great alchemists seem to exert will into their alchemy. Um, it's something discussed. Cultists, people who have a focus like uh, Kaya has, are definitely the subject of much discussion. Because, like, the catalyst, which is which is the, the flute in her case, is sort of a... Uh, a black box question to the people of the university, to the to the alchemists of the university. Uh-huh. This demonstration she's giving is so clearly will driven that it is leading it is leading you to wonder if some of the books you've read that have contended that alchemy might be more will than chemistry might be right, but at the same time you know that your chemistry works. And at the same time as that, you know that Magic Missile goes where you direct it. It's all in the wrist, really. Yeah, all this will stuff, preposterous. I don't believe a single thing of that. There's no 
There's no energy field guiding my destiny. Uh, now I have to edit clapping out of my own podcast. Use the targeting computer. It's what it's there for. All right, team. You've got your space. It's secure. It's safe. Nothing within that circle intends malice towards you. Not the toads, not even the toad which Reed is still holding, figuring out what she'll do with it. I'm gonna. Nothing here is going to disrupt whatever it is that you plan to do. Now that you have this place of power, what will you do with it? Try to take over the world. No. No, uh, no. Um, well, there are two things that we are considering doing. One is Mm -hmm. working with the masks, and the other is working with the forest, correct? I mean, are, are, we should, I was thinking more goal-oriented, like. Well, the goal of working with the forest was, you know, like, destroy Similatsum. So probably the mask is a better plan. Well, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me get to a real quick rules standpoint. Definitely the move that you're discussing using and you discussed moving before, using before is ritual. And let me read to you what ritual says. Yeah. Okay. That's good. When you draw on a place of power to create a magical effect, tell the GM what you are trying to achieve. Ritual effects are always possible, but the GM will give you one to four of the following conditions. It is going to take days, weeks, months. First, you must blank. You'll need help from blank. You will require a lot of money. The best you can do is a lesser version, unreliable and limited. You and your allies will risk danger from blank, and you will have to disenchant blank to do it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to vote for masks. What do you want to do to the masks? What are we trying to achieve? Disenchanting them? Is that what you want, Izzled? Oh, okay. So, the, the, th- the thought was, if there's some way of breaking a whole bunch of masks at once, as opposed to just walking up to people and lizards and hitting them really hard in the face with a, mace bra- with a, a, a mask-breaking hammer or something... If there's some magical way to disconnect um, the masks from their from their people, their victims, somehow inf- 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 you know, interfere with the network that's been going that uh, the masks create on a more limited scale. I mean, if we can get away with freeing Princeling and Flux, I, I think we're on sort of good footing to do that. I think maybe we want to see about create like the possibility of a gas that we could disperse throughout the city that would release the masks is not a bad plan but you know also there might be something we could make that would resonate with the masks we have maybe could take control of them control Hmm. of all the masks through one mask I'm just shooting ideas off you're the alchemist Dissold Right. We could try to create, for example, a custom spell that, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, a concoction formula, a custom formula that will specifically interfere with masks, the, the Semilatsum masks. So it sounds like the question that we're stuck between is, do we want to influence or control them or simply cause the living bodies to reject the masks and separate them from each other? 
Um, side note, I think that we would rather than cause the bodies to simply reject the masks, cause the masks to become inert and non-functional. Oh, that's even better. I think that would be better. Because if the bodies just reject the masks, then the masks can be picked up and put back on, and we don't want that. Uh, it sounds like one of the concepts is to disenchant along the uh, network all of the masks affected. Right, and that is assuming that the masks are networked somehow, uh, which is, you know, was kind of implied in some of the scenes that we've seen earlier, but has not really been confirmed. The other, but, you know, failing that, you know, some method to break masks more easily or break the connection they have with their hosts, that, that seems like a viable goal. We have a we have two masks right here. In fact, we can tri- we can test to see if they're networked, if they're connected, probably by playing with them at the same time. Um, give me a, and anyone can contribute if you're if they're willing to accept like risks involved with trying to help determine if the masks are networked. Um, I would like somebody to take a roll plus int for their uh observation and quick thinking. Uh, to defy danger int on that, and the others may roll plus bond to assist if they're willing to take the risk of what bad thing will happen if they fail. I'm really willing to risk bad things. Yep, I will roll plus bond because my bond with assault is better than my int for sure. I would like to see the rolls to assist before uh, Isold makes the roll to defy danger int. Alrighty. Mine is a nine. That's good. You you will take penalties for failure, but provide a plus one. Okay, that was a six. That's not Mark great. XP. I am not, I am not helpful. Mark XP. It will be you that has the problem then. Perhaps you are still too shaken from that encounter with the sapling. My bond is with the wood is perhaps too good. Uh, Kaya, this is foreshadowing what's going to go wrong, but please do tell me, which do you have a preference for? The mask that no one has basically interacted with that was brought by the uh, stone dog, or the one that you've both interrogated and investigated and was worn by... Uh, technically, I think it was worn by... Uh, Isold. It was worn by Isold. No, it wasn't, d- definitely wasn't worn by Isold. Oh, prior, prior to that. Prior to the, well, because Isold put it on, remember? When yeah. we investigated, that's uh, yes. how she investigated it. Okay, but the the one that was worn by Miriam. Well, Miriam's one is broken. It was it's the one that's that was worn by the other dude, uh, Christoph. I will do I will do mysterious mask of mystery. Okay, because that's more fun. All right. So, Isolt. Yeah. Please roll well, Isolt. Give me a roll plus int. You've still failed a roll, Kaya. But but Isolt, don't make it worse. Don't make it worse. That's uh, twelve total. Thank you for not making it worse, Isolt. This is defy danger intelligence. I don't know what I'm def- what danger I'm defying, but I am apparently, with quick thinking, acting despite an imminent threat. You are attempting, you're using sort of your alchemical doodads and stuff to, to try to disrupt the network that exists between these two masks. The hypothetical network, which might be there. Right. You know that the masks can communicate with the trees. Uh-huh. Because the trees part for them. They allow the mask bearers to pass through. Mm. Even though you know that these mask bearers are from the golden wood and not the green wood. Oh. You've 
you determine through this experimentation as you attempt to come up with a ritual to do this thing that they are, even though these are from two different woods, being walk wood, they are able to essentially communicate vital things through whatever network links all woods who share roots. And so even though the golden wood and the green wood may be at war with each other, they're still interconnected by whatever it is that they pull from the soil and that they pull from the iron wells. Hmm. And you know that that extends to these still warm walkwood masks. And you know maybe that even any walkwood thing might be somehow connected to each other, thus generating the heat that is so signature to all walkwood throughout the continent. Huh. Neat. And it is that which you play upon. And you reach out for a thing to do, and by having the danger that was presented to you is that you might disrupt the network between all of the trees. And then you would have harmed this forest, and this forest would not have taken it well. And so you you take in whatever mixture or concoctions it is you're trying to make. I'm going to ask you in a moment what that is. So start thinking of what a network disruption concoction might be like. All right. The ritual that you've gotten, the spell that you've gotten, which is Disrupt Mask, has a very... It's not a small area of effect so much as it is... You remember the way that you corrupted the redstones, and the redstones would explode only if they were within a certain distance of each other? Yes. The constraint you've gotten to ritual is that first you must gather them together. The different masks that are affected must not be further than 15 feet from another affected mask, and then it will spread. It will jump from mask to mask and knock the masks off and disable them. Oh. They're all packed together, like, say, in a city. Oh. Uh, closer than a city. These people will need to be gathered as though at, in an audience. A big parade, or, uh... <laughs> or that welcome festival. Yeah, but it will. But the welcome festival they even said was only, you know, maybe two or three dozen people. This is this is a city of ten thousand. Okay. The downside of doing this, um, you're about to do it on a small scale, but uh, you will have to disenchant any item that functions because of its networking between the will of a living human and the will of a forest creature. In this case, specifically, it will also affect the Thornswipe Vine weapon. Oh. Crap, I think I'm the one holding it. That's for the best. It will just wither and die. Oh, that's not the worst. But any other technology powered similarly will also die if it's affected in this fashion. Oh. <sighs> um, which may have unforeseen consequences because not every magic item in your possession has been... That's not something you were looking for. Um, Kaya. Yes. You and Reed were tasked while, while Isold works between the masks with his, with her concoction. You were holding this marked mask, this strange one that was brought by the stone hounds, and you realize it's a bear. That's what the painting on its surface is. You know it. You know the name. In fact, the word that comes to mind is Medved. You know that that is the word for 
bear. And you know that you are a warrior, and that this mask was meant for you. If you put it on, you would become more powerful. What do you do? Um, no. No? No. No. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> no. Do it. No. Do it. No. <laughs> uh, roll me a 1d8. That's a big number. That is a big, it's a big number. That's a big number. We keep finding essentially haunted things. Uh, I rolled a seven. Wow. Uh, you take seven piercing damage as you drop the mask because that, that permeable membrane on the back side as you were holding it enveloped your thumbs. And you tried to pull it away and push it away to break that. And you felt the tendon like a colossus worm that had made its way under your skin as you were holding it, pull out. And so you have to pull away and away and throw that mask down just as Isold completes the concoction and shatters the connection between those two masks. And they both fall inert. And you can see, like, basically a sheaf of skin fall off the backside of both masks, which is that permeable membrane that allows them to link with people. Gross. Yeah. Super gross. The whole forest howls. The whole cavern is screaming. What do you do? Well, that could have gone better. Offer the woods some more goo. That might make them happier. Yeah. I'm going to Is someone gonna do that? Is is there malice in the wood in the circle? Uh, give me a roll plus whiz. I should just discern reality. I should just know that from my spell. Oh no, oh, sorry. Spell. In the circle, in the sanctuary spell. Yeah, there is there is now malice coming from the sapling. Shit. I'm going to slowly walk a smidgen closer to the sapling and squeeze some more goo. I break the toad's neck in my hands. <laughs> ah. Uh okay. <laughs> uh Jesus, do I wanna is there any kind of role that could govern that? Mm, nah. You break the toad's neck and there's another cry from the woods. You know, Reed, that that wasn't it's not you know that that sacrifice was insufficient to calm the woods. I know. But you cannot draw any greater conclusion from that. Kaya, you said you were inching towards the sapling. Is I that right? I take two steps towards the sapling so that it knows I am paying attention to it. I then very deliberately offer it, off, off, stretch my hand towards it in a placating manner and and drop from and squeeze down my arm to my fingertips the goo shake it down and look at the sapling and i think i mean you no harm while i do that very intently uh, this is a uh, this is going to be a tough one here give me a roll plus chaw uh, to okay. to be convincing about this okay so I would like to make a note that I uh -huh. have acted towards a thing of the forest with trust. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely have. Get that experience point. 
Okay. Nom nom nom. Delicious experience point. No. So take a plus one to your roll plus chaw versus this sapling right now. That makes it a ten. Okay. So for a moment there, you you so you squeeze out this this terrible goo again. It's not as much because you know not much is built up in this past short moment. But it doesn't care. And the forest doesn't care. The thing that is affecting them is that the masks are there and they're free. And you realize that this cry isn't one of anguish or of anger, but it is a cry of joy. Oh! And you step aside as the sapling runs and charges past you. And it smashes the first mask, and then it runs at Reed, who is still holding the second mask. What do you do? Drop the mask, Reed! I toss the mask to it? Its mouth, its trunk opens up down the middle, its terrible tongue comes out, grabs the mask as you drop it as it soars through the air, and it pulls the mask into its mouth, and then it spits it down into the well. What just happened? The sapling turns, walks back to where it was, and extends yet another root out to the well. Nothing in your sanctuary has malice towards anything else in the sanctuary. Fascinating. It was... Happy that oh, yeah. the masks were cut off. Yes. Oh. Oh, I would say, uh, that mask went cold in your hands. It died. It died. That was still wood when this was done. It seems that our heroes have the weapon they need to face down the forces of Semel Atsum. After some announcements, we'll cut into the end of session move and do some bookkeeping, so stay tuned if you're into that sort of thing. If you like what we do and wish there was more of it, please review and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to it. And, if you can, support our Patreon at patreon.com slash crookedthimble. We have a Discord there, and patrons can come and chat with us. It's great! Our music this week was composed by Sergei Cheremzinov. You may find links to his work in the show notes. Alright, enough of that. Let's hear our players do some bookkeeping. Alright guys, let's do the end of session and call it a night. Starting with Impediment. Choose one of your bonds that you feel is resolved, completely explored, no longer relevant, or otherwise. Is there a bond that fulfills that? Impediment, because you're the first on my list. Not that I can think of right this second. I think I think my bonds are still pretty accurate. I'm, I'm in a bit of a holding pattern. All right, Kaya, same question to you. Is there a bond you, bond you think is fulfilled, changed, resolved, etc.? Yes, I have. I, I was just typing it up for yay verily. Now that Isolde and I have begun talking about the different things and experimenting, experimenting with Isolde is proving incredibly dangerous. But also, dare I say, fascinating. <sighs> I see what you did there. Do you accept this change, Isold? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Mark XP, Kaya. Isold, is there a bond you have fully explored, etc.? 
Well, let's see. I've been underestimating Kaya. She has a mysterious power, perhaps related to my research. As a result, uh, it's, uh, I have been underestimating Kaya. She definitely has a mysterious power that is res- <laughs> related to my research. <laughs> oh, man. When you guys get to the High Temple, this is going to be good. Uh, very well. Mark XP. All right. Uh, starting with impediment. Uh, have you... Where is it? Uh, fulfilled your alignment statement during the course of this session. Did I ignore danger to aid another? Yeah. I'm, mm. eh, not in anything, like, really dire, like... You were helping me, you were ignoring the danger of those toads by helping me catch those toads. <laughs> yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, participating in the test of the ritual, kinda. Uh, that was entirely done to, you know take the brunt of whatever bad happens and, you know, in the hopes of being able to free more people from mask slavery. I think that alignment statement is aimed more towards this person is an immediate danger and I'm going to take that danger on myself. That's kind of what I was figuring. So no. I did not. So no. Uh, this, is, this is sad. Uh, impediment's not getting as many experience points as usual. That's alright. I failed a couple rolls. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, Kaya, what is your alignment statement? Uncover a hidden truth. Oh, oh well, boy, okay. did I. Which yeah, that's, that's true. Mark XP. <laughs> just, just mark XP for that. We'll be, we'll be fine. Uh, Isold, what is your alignment statement? Discover something about a magical mystery. I did. <laughs> well, oh, well, okay. I'm going to call this the Heisenberg effect. What we've discovered. Wow. Now, asking y'all as a group, this one's going to be pretty quick. Did you learn something new and important about the world? Yes. yes. Uh, yep. Oh, yep. yep. Mark XP. Did we overcome a notable monster or enemy? Mm. Those frogs don't uh, really count. I mean, toads. No. The frogs don't count and the sapling wasn't overcome. Right. No. 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 That's fine. Did we loot a memorable treasure? Not yet. No. That's next time. No. Yeah. Not yet. No, the frog, the toad doesn't count. No. Yeah, and oppositely, you seem to have actually destroyed two different memorable treasures. I mean, we got XP for those last time. That's a different kind of looting. That's, that's the other <laughs> side of looting. There's the looting and then the pillaging. We did the pillaging side. It's the great circle of loot. Ah, uh, good it's times. It's the circle of loot. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show, and, as always, thank you.